Good afternoon. I am totally wired with all these wired. In the old days, I used to be wired, but now I'm wired differently. <laughs> it's a different kind of wiring. Thank you for coming this afternoon, and I have been so blessed by this camp meeting. This special weekend, or I guess it started Wednesday night, uh, we got here Thursday evening, so to me it's like a weekend. This was my last talk, and I think this, this evening we're having a panel discussion, and so who knows exactly what will happen during that. But I'd like to spend some time with you sharing what, what I call a white horse report. White horse report. I'd like to start with a couple of verses in the book of Revelation, chapter 12. And then I'll tell you, as we read this verse, why I do what I'm going to do. Revelation 12, 11 talks about God's people who overcome. And I mentioned this Friday in my talk about the blood battle. Revelation 12:11, the Bible says, they overcame him, referring to the devil, by... There's actually two things. By the blood of the lamb, that's the number one, number one key factor, the blood of the lamb, that means trusting Jesus Christ and his blood to forgive our sins and to keep us going. And then the second thing there is it says, and by the word of their testimony. And they love not their lives to the death. So I believe that God has, as part of his plan for us, to help us to be overcomers is to share our testimony. And it's not just me, it's you, it's all of us. And so I share this testimony of what God has done and is doing through Whitehorse Media. Uh, one reason is because I want to fulfill the Bible, I want to do what God says, and I also want it to be an inspiration, an inspiration to you. God has helped our ministry tremendously, and he's taught us a lot of lessons, and these lessons... Uh, are things that the Lord wants us all to learn. Now, here's another verse I want to share. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. I am just about positive, I know, that there are other ministries that are here represented. Steps to Christ. Is that what you call? Project Steps to Christ. Okay, and I'm sure that uh, if you were to come up here, you could tell stories as well about Project Steps to Christ. And I'm sure that there are other ministries. I know, Evelyn, you could tell lots of stories. You've already told stories about what, what happened with that man. And there are many other stories. And one of the reasons why I share this testimony is because we all need the encouragement that God can answer our prayers and he can work with us in our ministries, uh, whether it's a big ministry, a small ministry, Whatever we are led by God to do, the battle is on. But God is a mighty God, and he is able to help us. And as we near the final crisis, we need to be trusting in Jesus and in his power like never before. Isaiah chapter 41, verse 10. God says, fear thou not, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. Yes, I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. There's another right hand verse. The right hand of my righteousness. And then verse 13. 
says, For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, Fear not, for I will help you. Now, isn't that a great verse? How many of us need help? Do we all, don't we all need help? We all need a lot of help. I need help when I speak. I need help in everything I do. I just feel that need more and more and more. And I'm going to share with you just some real miracles of how the Lord has helped me, how he's helped our ministry, some of the just incredible, inspiring doors that God has opened up. And again, I do this to bear my testimony, uh, to fulfill what the Bible says, and also to inspire you that God can help you too. He can help you too with whatever he has called you to do. All right, Revelation 19.11. This is the keynote verse from which we picked the name White Horse Media. So when we're done, you're going to know a lot about White Horse Media. We like to help people to know what's, what's going on with our, in our neck of the woods. Revelation 19, verse 11. The Bible says, I saw heaven opened, and behold, a white horse. And he who sat upon him was called Faithful and True. And in righteousness he judges and he makes war. Yipes. Got a great voice there. Powerful lungs. When my little boy was born, he really gave a howl and at least showed me that he's, uh, he's got a strong voice. Well, I know we've, we've prayed, but let's have another little prayer and ask God to bless us. Heavenly Father, this is your time. Every meeting is your time. And uh, we pray again that your Holy Spirit will come down from heaven and inspire all of us to look to Jesus, to look to you, and that you are a God of of miracles. You are a God of power and that you have done and can do right now and will do marvelous things for your people as we trust in you and go forward by faith. Please bless us now, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. White Horse Media. Now, I didn't start out when I was born. uh, I wasn't born as the director of White Horse Media. That's for sure. Here is a picture of what I used to look like in my BC days. I think I'm about 19. My stepmother found this picture after my dad remarried. And there I am at my dad's house in front of a bar lamp, flicking a lighter. My eyes were probably bloodshot. I had uh, very long hair. I spent a lot of time in the discos. My, My hero was John Travolta. He was a, a dancer, and at least he played a dancing role in one of his, uh, one of his movies, Saturday Night Fever. Uh, I think when I was 14 years old, I started smoking marijuana. I grew up in a Jewish home, not far from the Hollywood sign, over the hill and a little bit over to the west. There's the San Fernando Valley in the back, back there. Grew up with my father, my mother, my brother, my sister. Uh, our family was Jewish, but very secular, and we were not religious at all. We didn't read the Bible. We didn't pray. I didn't know anything about anything that had to do with the Bible. If you would have asked me when I was seven or eight years old, who built the ark? I had no idea what the ark was or who built the ark. If you would have asked me, uh, what was the name of the, what kind of fish swallowed Jonah? 
I would have been totally clueless. Who's Jonah? Uh, and, you know, these are the stories that people grew up with, but I didn't grow up with these stories. I didn't know anything. Uh, as surrounded by the Hollywood Hills, I started listening to rock and roll, started getting into uh, just heavier things. 14 years old, at the back of the bus, back of the school bus, somebody offered me a smoking object. I took a, what, what we used to call a toke. Uh, unlike Bill Clinton, I did inhale. And that was the beginning of smoking marijuana for six years. One thing led to another. I started doing other things, snorting cocaine, taking LSD. I am so glad that meth was not around in the 70s, or I would have probably gotten into it, and I would probably be dead. I, you know, I got into drinking, alcohol, and just a wild, wild life. And that picture just reflects the kind of godless, immoral, crazy, wild Hollywood life that I was living, staying out till three or four in the morning, just uh, wasting my life, totally wasting my life. And it's a long story. It's in my book, From Hollywood to Heaven. I turned on the television set one day, just out of the blue, and I saw a friendly face looking at me from the other side of the screen, and he had an open Bible in his hand, and he said, hello, friend, welcome to It Is Written Television. And that was George Vandeman. And I had never seen him. I didn't know anything about the Seventh-day Adventist Church or the Sabbath or, or anything about the Bible. And he, he just looked right at me through the screen. And I watched him only one time for about a half an hour. He was talking about the Bible Sabbath and about the Ten Commandments. At the end of his half-hour program, he held up a little book called A Day to Remember. And then he looked right at me and he said, call me up, friend. Uh, there's an 800 number on the screen. Call the number, and we'll send you this book for free. And I had this conviction to go to the phone and call up that man. Now, the phone didn't ring at It Is Written. It rang at Andrews University. And one of the AIM operators picked up my call and sent me a copy of George's book, A Day to Remember. It came to my dad's house, and when I got it in the mail, I sat down on the couch and in, I don't know how long it took, about an hour, I read the entire book. I just plowed right through it. And I was deeply convicted about the Ten Commandments. And then at the end of the book, there was a little tiny sentence there that said, come visit a Seventh-day Adventist church sometime and say hello. And I read that little line at the back of the book, and I thought, what in the world is a Seventh-day Adventist? I had no idea. And then there was this murky memory that just came up inside my head. I remembered that about three months prior to reading that book, I was in a health food store with a buddy of mine named Steve Fry. And it, it sounds strange, but during the days when I was smoking marijuana and going to the discos and snorting cocaine, I was, we also got into health foods. <laughs> and I think the Lord used that to maybe clear my brain a little bit. But we would smoke pot and then we'd go to the health food stores and we'd buy avocado sprout sandwiches and uh, blueberry smoothies. And so my buddy and I were at this health food store coming out, and my friend had been talking to a man that worked at the, at the health food store. He was spraying down the produce, keeping the produce uh, you know, moistened. And so as we walked out, my friend said to me, he said, you know the guy that I was talking to by the produce section? He said, that man told me that he is a Seventh-day Adventist. And I thought, you know, so what? Big deal. What's a Seventh-day Adventist? I had no idea. And I didn't think another thing about it. 
But three months later, or four months later, when I read George Vandeman's book after watching him one time on TV, I, saw, I read that line and I thought, Seventh-day Adventist, wait a minute, I have heard that name somewhere before, Seventh-day Adventist. And I thought, oh yeah, the guy at the health food store watering the vegetables. So I got into my car and I drove out to Northridge, right around, not too far from Cal State University of Northridge, where I had just enrolled for my third year of college, living in the dorm. And I walked into the Irwan health food store. And as I walked up the steps and walked inside, I remember looking around. You know, where is that guy? And lo and behold, I saw him over by the smoothie bar. And I walked over to him and I reached out my hand and I said, hi, my name is Steve Wahlberg. Would you mind if I go to church with you some Saturday? <laughs> That's what I did. Now, what would you say? <laughs> Isn't it great when people just come to you? Well, I just went right up to him, and he said, my name's Richard, nice to meet you. And then we talked, and about a week and a half later, he brought me to the Canoga Park Seventh-day Adventist Church, and the pastor's name was Pastor J.B. Church. I don't know if any of you remember that dear man, but he, uh, he's dead now, but he was the pastor. He saw me come in, wanted to know who I was. Richard introduced me. He brought me into his office, sat me down. We talked for a while, and then he reached onto his bookshelf, and he handed me a copy of the book, The Desire of Ages, written by a lady named Ellen White. And I had no idea who that lady was. I had no idea what the book was about. I didn't know anything. And she, he said to me, you need to take this book home and read it. And I thought, all right, I'll do that. And so I took it back to the dorm, and it was a co-ed dorm. There was marijuana smokes wafting down the, uh, the hallways, and my roommate would bring in ladies at night, and it was just a crazy place. The cafeteria became a disco on Saturday nights. And I was surrounded by all the things that I was trying or starting to try to get away from. I had a stack of books that I was supposed to read for my third year of college on statistics, economics, marketing, a whole host of books. My major was business. I was trying to go into business like my dad. He's a successful businessman. And I thought, well, my dad, you know, that's what he's doing. So maybe I'll try to do the same thing. And so uh, anyway, and then I had this book, The Desire of Ages, in the dorm. And I started reading that book. And I, to make a long story short, when I finally got to chapter 74, which is called Gethsemane, a chapter called Gethsemane, that was it. That chapter was all about Jesus suffering in the Garden of Gethsemane, praying to his father to take the cup away from him if, if it was possible. But then he said, nevertheless, not my will, but your will be done. And Jesus made a choice in the Garden of Gethsemane to take the sins of the whole world into his mind and into his heart and to pay the ultimate price of separation from his father and to die on a cross for the sins of the world. And when I got done with that chapter, that was it. I, I Sometime during that period, I got on my knees and I asked Jesus to come into my life, to forgive my sins, to change me. And I've never been the same since. Never been the same. When I got up, up off of my knees, I tell you, there was, it was just, my life was different. Now, God doesn't always, you know, give you all kinds of emotions. Sometimes he does, sometimes he doesn't. We have, to relearn to, we have to relearn to rely on faith, not feeling. But for me, when I got on my knees and prayed that prayer, I felt this burden of guilt just lift off of me. And I felt this, uh, this sense of peace just flood my soul. And I used to listen to Mick Jagger a lot. And one of my favorite songs, or songs we listened to a lot, was called, I Can't Get No Satisfaction. 
You know, Mick would sing this song, blaring the song, I can't get no satisfaction, and I would sing that over and over again. And when I got on my knees and asked Jesus to come into my heart, for the first time, at least in my teenage years, uh, there was something inside me that was very, very satisfying. I had satisfaction. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, this is better than drugs. This is amazing. This is great. This is uh, much better than getting high. This is wonderful. The peace and the power of Jesus. And that was the last time I ever smoked pot. That was the last time I, I don't drink anymore. I haven't drunk in 34 years. Uh, I don't drink alcohol. I don't smoke marijuana. I don't smoke cigarettes. Uh, and I know that I couldn't have gotten the victory over the things that I was doing by myself. I know that Jesus is the one that gave me that victory. It's his power, and it's, it's phenomenal. And anyway, um, I'm going to kind of fast forward. Uh, I transferred over to La Sierra College, started taking classes. When I walked into the admin, ad building, because Pastor Church recommended I go there and, and try to get out of Cal State Northridge, I went over there to the administration building, and they asked me what, if I was going to enroll in college uh, at a Seventh-day Adventist school, what was my major? And I told the lady, I don't know what my major is. I just know that I'm here to study the Bible. The Lord brought me here to study the Bible. <laughs> and she said, okay, you can be a, a religion major with an emphasis on pastoral or education. And if I would have picked education, I would have began on a track to become a teacher. If I picked pastoral, I would start on a track to enter the ministry. And off the top of my head, without knowing what I was saying, I just said pastoral. And so she enrolled me in the ministry. And that's how, I became, that's how I became a minister, or at least started studying to be a minister. And it wasn't long until I got to my classes that uh, one of my classes, my main textbook was Desire of Ages. And I thought, wow, this is fabulous. Here I am studying the Desire of Ages, which is a book about the life of Jesus. That's all it is. It's a book about the life of Jesus uh, written by a lady named Ellen White. And I read that book, and it changed my life. And now, within a very short time, I was at La Sierra studying Desire of Ages as one of my textbooks and preparing to be a minister. And I remember thinking to myself one day, it hit me, wow, I'm studying to be a pastor. And I thought, this is going to be great. If I can eventually do this, I will eventually get paid for sharing Jesus with people. How fantastic. I mean, what could be better? What kind of line of work could be better than sharing Jesus Christ? And so I took uh, classes at La Sierra for three years, eventually graduated, was hired by a conference in Central California to be an intern in Bakersfield. Then after that, I was sent to the seminary at Andrews University, studied for two years, got my master's, went back to San Francisco, pastored, then went over to uh, Weimar, was offered a job to teach Academy Bible, freshman, sophomore, junior, senior at Weimar Academy, which I accepted that position. And I felt like the Lord brought me out of the seminary clouds, which sometimes, you know, you can get pretty high up there with uh, theological ideas. And then he brought me right out of there and brought me to Weimar so I could teach high school kids the Bible. And God taught me how to teach in a simple way so that teenagers could understand. And I was there for three years, and then I went to North Dakota as a single pastor and pastored four churches way out in the prairies of North Dakota. Went to Kansas, pastored in Wichita for two years, then was hired by Joe Cruz before he died to work as an Amazing Facts evangelist. Uh, when Joe died unexpectedly, uh, Doug Batchelor took over, and for the next five years, I was one of Doug's bachelors, traveling around the country, holding meetings as a single man. 
And the Lord just blessed me in so many ways. There's been a lot of battles, a lot of struggles, a lot of ups and downs, but God has kept me in the midst of all of this. And he's just, he's kept me in his grace. And about six years ago, maybe Gilbert, you can, I don't how many years exactly was it? When did, when did, we, when did we converge into Fresno? It was uh, 2000 of 06. Okay, I was, uh, after Amazing Facts, I went back to pastoring, got married, long story. And then little Seth came along, long story. And uh, finally, I was invited by a group in Fresno to become the speaker director of a ministry called Prophetic Ministries. And then Gilbert came on and joined us. And somebody else, Charles Lawson, came and joined us as our producer. Uh, we, were, we started producing television programs. We decided that we really didn't like the name Prophetic Ministries that much. And we wanted to find a new name. So we prayed about it. And our producer, Charles Lawson, was driving down the highway one day. And he saw a sign on the side of the road, a billboard that said Dark Horse Properties. Dark Horse Properties. And his creative mind started thinking Dark Horse. And then he started thinking Revelation, White Horse. Hey, there's a, there's a white horse that's mentioned in the book of Revelation. Chapter 19, verse 11 that describes Jesus coming on a white horse. And so he brought that name to us, and we looked at the text in 1911 that says, heaven, is, heaven will open someday, and there will be a white horse. Now, we don't really believe that there's a stallion up there that Jesus is you know, grooming and feeding, and he's going to really come down. This is sacred imagery in Revelation, describing Jesus returning as a, as a warrior, as a holy warrior to do battle with and to conquer the forces of evil. And we looked at this text and thought, this is describing the second coming. We believe in the second coming. It says that he who sat upon the horse was called faithful and true. Jesus has been faithful to us. We believe in the truth. We believe in standing up for the truth. We, we like the idea of the white horse and Jesus' white robe of righteousness. And we saw all this in the text. And it says that he will come and in righteousness he will judge and he will make war, that we're in a great controversy between God and the devil. This is a war text that describes the second coming, uh, the, the whiteness of his, his righteousness, that he's the rider, not me, that he's faithful, he's true, and we're in a battle between God and Satan. And we looked at all that and we thought, wow, this will be a great name for a ministry. So we decided on white horse, and then we added the word media, because we are a media ministry that's trying to reach out through radio and television and whatever ways that we can, can do through our, our website, through our material. And so that's how the name White Horse Media came about. And that started, as uh, Gilbert Navarro mentioned, my associate, in shortly after January when they first hired me and then uh, Gilbert was hired, uh, we picked the name White Horse Media. So it's been about seven years that White Horse Media as a ministry has been functioning. This is our main site. Our main site has been built up through a lot of, it's just miraculous how this happened. Uh, we went to an ASI convention and I gave a talk on how to get on the radio and how to get on different shows and there was a man in the audience that was very impressed and he is the, uh, the owner of a software company and as a result of that contact, he basically acquired our website and has put people in charge of building this site 
And he told me some time ago that if we were to have had to pay for all of the work that's been done on this site, it would cost us probably $100,000 or more. And he's done all of this for us for free. All of this for free. Uh, and we just know that the Lord has been helping us. Step by step, God has helped us and he's kept us going. Uh, this website is loaded with, with information. We have a, a link here to a health site, which I'll tell you about later. We have all kinds of different links. We have Bible studies that I give, White Horse News that tells, that tells people what's happening with the ministry, like this one, Next Wahlberg Seminar, June 28 and 29 in Ohio. <laughs> here we are. We posted this on our site. Uh, we have an e-news sign-up, so you can sign up by putting your email address and join and get regular updates. We have all kinds of products, DVDs, articles. There's an on-demand section where it's down here farther. Watch now where you can watch most of our programs uh, right on there. We also have a link to our YouTube site. If you go down, there's a section for media. Down farther here is a link to our Facebook page, our Twitter feed. And the, the site is just loaded with information to help people to understand the Bible, to understand Jesus, to understand what we need to do to get ready for the coming of Christ. And that's really what White Horse Media is all about. We are about trying to help people to get ready for the coming of Jesus. That is what everything is about. Uh, we've had some very, very exciting experiences. And maybe, maybe I should just go back to that. Uh, as you can see, the Lord, oops, too many buttons. <laughs> The Lord has done a, a wonderful work and brought, brought me and us a long way. Gilbert has his own testimony of what God has done in his life, getting him out of a life of alcoholism. He's changed his life. He's changed my life. Jesus is in the business of changing lives and developing us for him so that we can work, we can work for God. Quite a change, wouldn't you say? Hallelujah. All right, well, one of the most exciting things that happened to us uh, was in 2007, I received an email from this man, Chaplain William Broom in the United States Pentagon. He emailed me. I saw the email in my inbox that said, uh, unclassified. And I thought, I've never gotten an unclassified email before. And it was him inviting me to the Pentagon to give a talk on Bible prophecy for his uh, Wednesday morning prayer breakfast that is open to many of the officials that work in the Pentagon. Some of the, uh, the brass, they go in to his little Bible study. And he has different speakers and he wanted me to come in. He had heard about our ministry. And so he said, would you like to come to the Pentagon and talk about prophecy? What do you think I said? <laughs> yes, I would. Never been to the Pentagon before. And so he said, the, the topic is up to you. It's up to you. Just pick something that has to do with prophecy. And I prayed. I said, Lord, uh, I'm only, I've only got one chance to go to the Pentagon, and it's got to be something that's worth going there for. So I picked Revelation 13:11 about the second beast, and my topic was America and Bible prophecy. <laughs> and I tell you, we had a marvelous Bible study. This group was just, they were just... Their mouths were wide open. I used PowerPoint, and I went down point by point by point, showing from the Bible and from history that the second beast in Revelation 13:11 can be none other than the United States of America. That starts out lamb-like. It has a noble, a noble birth, a noble origin, but eventually in the final moments of time, 
it will sacrifice its principles of freedom in favor of force, and it will speak as a dragon. And I tell you, these, these people were just, they were just all ears. And they, they lined up afterwards wanting uh, me to sign the books that we had there. We gave them a Bible study in print. I told them, I said, feel free to share this with the president if you'd like. I don't know where it all went, but I had a little tape recorder in my pocket and recorded the program, my talk, and I believe we have that on our table out there. We almost always bring it. Did we bring it with us this time? It's called uh, the, the Pentagon Sermon, American Prophecy. And when our supporters found out that I had been there and heard that talk, I tell you, they were just electrified. And we were so excited that, we had, that I had a chance to be there. Gilbert was there and his wife, Kathy. And there we are at the end, after the talk, in the, one of the chapels in the Pentagon. And I'm there shaking Chaplain William Broom's hand. And this was just, uh, I mean, how exciting could it be? It was just thrilling. And we knew that the Lord had opened that door. God had opened that door. The Bible says, I will help you. I will hold your right hand. Don't be afraid. Uh, while we were in Fresno, we were also contacted by the History Channel. A number of times, they found out about our, about our ministry. We have positioned ourselves on the web and through the, uh, the bio and the press releases and the things that we do to target the media. We want to get our message out to the public. We're not just a ministry to talk to the church. We're a ministry that wants to get the message out to the public. God found me in Los Angeles through It Is Written Television. And we want to find other people. Uh, and Dave here has his own story about how he turned on the TV one day and saw White Horse Media. And he could come up here and tell a whole, a whole host of things of what the Lord did through George Vanderman reaching me, reaching through White Horse Media, reaching you. And the list just goes on and on and on. And so anyway, they contacted us. Uh, they found out about us. And I was invited to be on the History Channel three times to discuss the book of Revelation. Oh, did I already skip all that? So uh, there's three programs, the Nostradamus effect on Armageddon. We talked about the Dead Sea Scrolls. We talked about the Seven Seals. And they gave me certain opportunities on these programs to share Bible truth. And people have seen some of these programs, who knows where, some places around the world. And we believe that God opened up that door. The Bible says, I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Uh, it was just last year in the spring that I received a phone call from an associate producer of National Geographic International. And she screened me. They found us on the Internet. She screened me, and I, I guess passed the test, and then she handed me over to the executive producer, whose name is Phil Frank. Here's Phil. And Phil, working with National, Geogra National Geographic International, decided that he was going to do a documentary, a one-hour documentary, on all of the animals that are dying around the world. I don't know if you've heard of the mass animal die-offs, but if you go onto YouTube or the Internet and type in mass animal die-offs, you'll read about all of the, the dolphins and the birds and the fish and the whales and the bees and the bats that are just in droves. They're just dropping dead, and they don't know why these things are happening. So uh, Phil is producing a documentary called animal Armageddon. And in the midst of the different experts that talk about why this potentially is happening, he wanted someone to represent a biblical perspective and an apocalyptic perspective to talk about whether this might be another sign of 
the times of the end of the world. And so somehow they picked me. And I said, I would do it. And as we developed this relationship, he said, we'd like to film you in a church. We want to fly you to Washington, D.C., and we want to film you in a church. Do you have any churches that you can find or recommend? So I called the, uh, the general conference and asked what church is in the area that they were looking to film in. And I found out that a pastor named uh, Pastor C.J., who I had went to seminary with, was pastoring the Capitol Memorial Seventh-day Adventist Church. And I called him up and I said, uh, C.J., remember me from our seminary days? Oh, yeah. Hi, Steve. And I said, uh, how would, would you be willing to allow National Geographic International to come into your church with, your, with a television crew and to film the entire church service and my sermon on, uh, on Sabbath morning? What do you think he said? <laughs> he said, yes, of course. And so uh, it was May 19 of last year. We converged on the church. And here's Phil with his crew. And there I am preaching. Afterwards, the people left and they did a private interview. This is his crew. And it was just a phenomenal uh, moment when they filmed this. And their, their, I, their goal is to pick out certain segments and insert them into the documentary. And I'm still waiting for Phil to get the final word on when it's going to air. We believe it's coming soon. And when we were done filming, at the end of the, at the, end of the afternoon, uh, Phil looked at me and he said, did you have any other, um, anything else to say? And I said, well, I think I'm done, but I, would it be okay to pray? And he looked at me and he said, uh, oh, okay. He said that no one's ever prayed before for me, but sure. So we bowed our heads and we had prayer. And I prayed for him. I prayed for his team, that the Lord would guide the edit and that everything would really come together and be something that he, would, that he could bless. And when we were done, I said, in Jesus' name, amen. I opened my eyes and Phil was looking at me with this amazing look. And he just looked at me and he said, you know, Steve, I've been doing this for, I think, 30 years. And he said, nobody's ever prayed for me until now. And we passed out some of our books to the crew, and we believe that God opened up that door. The Lord says, I will help you. I will hold you up with my right hand. And God opened up that door, so we're waiting. Uh, we were in Fresno, but long story I was speaking up in Bonners Ferry, Idaho. Someone was there at the camp and walked up to Gilbert. Gilbert was there and said, how would you like to, have you ever considered moving out of California and moving to North Idaho? And we said, well, we thought about moving, but we'd never really, you know, gotten serious about it. And he said, uh, I've got 132 acres in Idaho, North Idaho. Why don't you come and check out our property and consider moving onto our property? So we didn't actually eventually do that, but that resulted in the ball rolling and we talked to our board, and all systems were go. My wife said, I'd like to move out of California to North Idaho. That sounds great. So the thumbs up came from my wife, which was a big sign <laughs> to me. And we didn't have, you know, we're a tight ministry. We're a faith ministry. We trust God. Sometimes we don't have hardly any money. And we talked to the Upper Columbia Conference, who had a moving truck, who happened to be going by the area on the way up to, to eastern Washington and North Idaho. And the man said, uh, the treasurer said, we'll, we can pick up, pick up all your things. And we don't want to make money off you, but we have to charge you something for the gas and the driver. So it'll be about $5,400. So I, I told him, I said, I'll, I'll let you know uh, within 24 hours. And I got up the phone, walked around the corner, walked into Gilbert's office. He was on the phone at the time, and he handed me the phone. 
And he said, there's a lady on the phone that wants to make a donation to Whitehorse Media. And so I grabbed the phone, and within five minutes, a lady named Laura said, you'll have $5,400 in the morning FedEx. And I thought, Lord, sounds like you're leading us to North Idaho. So make a long story short, we packed up our bags, and we headed out there. We looked for property for, for about three or four months, and finally our realtor found a gorgeous piece of land up against a forest in, in a little town called Priest River. The price was very good, and we stepped out, and the Lord led, and we secured this property. On this property was a building, which, which we called, we still call it sometimes, the shop, an affectionate term, the shop. Inside this 4,000-square-foot building was nothing, just a shell on a slab. It was wired, but it had uh, insulation in the walls, but there was absolutely nothing inside the building. Gilbert and I were in San Jose for a seminar, and in the audience was a man named Don Noble, who is the president of Maranatha International. We developed a friendship with him, and Don said, is there anything that we can do? We like your ministry. What can we do to help you? And so we talked about it and said, you know, what we would really like is for you to send out the word and, and bring a, a volunteer crew and help us build up the insides of this building so we can have a headquarters. And so that's what happened. Uh, on November of 2009, a whole crew came, and they worked, and they worked, and they worked. They took the siding off. They took the big rolling doors off. They put in a second floor, uh, and they just worked solid for two weeks, and it was just thrilling to see all of this happen. Now, I need to tell you that, that the, the lumber and the materials, of course, we had to pay for, and we're, like I said, we don't have a lot of money, but we trust the Lord, and little by little, the funds came in, and we were able to pay for the wood and various things so this could be built up, people that believed in what we were doing as we prayed. And step by step, all this was done, and I'm leaving out a whole lot of pictures, but in June of 2011, we finally moved into our 19-room headquarters, that half of which is a large television studio. And as I give people tours of this building, when they come on our property, I tell them that this is what the Lord has done. Because there's no way that we could, we could accomplish this on our own. This is a miracle. You know, I don't want to be like Hezekiah and show people the building and say, look at the great things that, you know, that, that we've done. Because I know that this is what the Lord has done. God brought me out of Hollywood. God changed my life. He's called me into a media ministry, and he's been helping us step by step in the middle of the battles and the struggles and the ups and downs and times when we're, when we're just really, really tight. Uh, there are times when we, when we miss payroll, uh, but we just keep going, and we trust the Lord, and then people are impressed. They give. We get caught up, and we keep going. And this has been going on for years, for years. And praise the Lord, now I have my own office. I'm so excited. Uh, we also had another donation, and we had a big truck come in, and they up a big rig, and they put holes in the upper part because we had to bring these big beams into the attic to hold the, uh, the, the lighting grid that would hold the lights in our television studio because the lights are heavy. And then we began to work on the green screen step by step. There's Matt. He did most of, a lot of the work. Charles, our producer there, is filming Matt putting on the green screen. Uh, and finally, we had a donation of about $12,000 to help us to build the set. And it was about a year ago that we finally began filming his voice today for the first time. 
filming half-hour programs. We have a volunteer crew. Uh, some of them we pay. Some are volunteers. And we have been filming fairly regularly inside of our studio for about a year, His Voice Today, which we now have as a whole host of programs. We have a His Voice Today website, which we have put onto the onto the program so people can see the site. It's loaded with information. We like the name His Voice Today. It's very easy. It's based on Hebrews chapter 3 that says, Today, if you hear His voice, do not harden your hearts. We are now on Better Life Television and other networks. Better Life is on the East Coast. They're in Oregon, and they broadcast down into California and up into Washington. This is one of the networks that our His Voice Today programs are now on, and we're just thrilled about that. Uh, it was just, just a few months ago that finally we had enough funds, and Matt, there's Matt down here and Dallas up there on the, on the scaffold, and they were able to finally put the siding back on the building. The siding has been off for three years. We didn't want the snow to continue to beat against that siding. So we finally got the siding back on, and that was, that was just a thrilling, thrilling day. Uh, one of the niche, niches that we've gotten into is, uh, is radio. The Lord has taught us how to send out press releases and how to get on, on different shows, whether it's Christian or secular. And I've been on hundreds of different shows, probably close to 1,000 by now. Uh, I, don't know, I don't think there's any Seventh-day Adventist in the world that's been on more radio shows than I have. And what happens is when some major event hits, we send out a press release. We also have a list of, of hosts that I've been with, and we send out a release that deals with a certain topic and offer my services as a guest to comment upon the news. And we get all kinds of responses from all kinds of different shows, like this one, the Janet Mefford Show. Janet is a, a conservative Christian lady. I don't know if you've ever heard Janet Mefford, but she has a coast-to-coast -coast show, and she's had me on many times uh, discussing Twilight and Harry Potter. Steve Wahlberg joins Janet to talk about my book, and it's, been, it's just thrilling to be on a coast-to-coast -coast radio show and to field calls from people from all over the country who, want to, who ask questions about these topics. There's another show that I've been on regularly. It's, it's uh, The Weekend Magazine with Rob Pratt. This man is a, is a, has become a friend of mine. He's a strong Roman Catholic, a wonderful man. He's had me on his show probably over 20 times discussing all kinds of topics. And when something big hits the news, he'll email me and he'll say, Steve, I've got to have you on the show and I want you to discuss this in the light of the Bible. Uh, my hope is that when the final crisis hits and the mark of the beast is enforced, that I'll be able to email Rob and I'll say, Rob, we've got to, we've got to discuss this in the light of prophecy. And so Rob will have me on as a guest. He is a, a host on KDKA, which is a CBS affiliate. It's one of the largest radio stations on the East Coast, and it's heard all over the East Coast. And so this is another door that the Lord has opened for Whitehorse Media. We know God did this. I sent him a copy of The Desire of Ages, and he's promised me he'd read it. I don't know if he has yet, but I hope that he will. Uh, here's another show that we've been on, Line of Fire, with Dr. Michael Brown. Have you ever heard of that show? He's on Coast to Coast. You, you listen to a lot of talk radio. And anyway, he had me on discussing Israel and prophecy. And that was quite a show. We had a lot of calls come in and a lot of discussion. And uh, it, was, it was very, very interesting. Now, actually, you know what? Let me clarify that. I don't believe that was a call-in show. 
but a lot of people po posted their response on his Facebook page and on my Facebook page as they listened to the dialogue between, between the two of us. That was exciting. We have another website called whydisasters.com. When all these big disasters hit, tornadoes, earthquakes, fires, floods, we have a track that is perfect to give away to people. Why are these disasters happening? They explain the reason for it, point to the book of Revelation, even have a section on the Ten Commandments and a short section on the Sabbath. Uh, this is a GLOW track. How many of you have heard of GLOW? I'm on the GLOW track development committee and I'm one of their writers and I've written a number of tracks for them and the Lord has taken these tracks and put them, I don't know how many places, how many places. Uh, we have a whole line of little pocketbooks like the United States in Bible prophecy, the end of the world, fact versus fiction, decoding the mark of the beast 666. Is the man that talked to me this morning about, okay, you're right here. You could tell a whole story about that little, that little book. He had, this man has been taking this book, uh, should I say, should I say it? Into an Amish community. And he's been sharing it and his words were, this book is a lightning rod. And there's a whole host of people in this community that he's sharing this material with. And he said, should I say what you, what you said? Okay, I wanna make sure this is kosher, that, uh, that they're getting close to having an Amish Sabbath-keeping church because of this material that the Lord is using. So we're very excited about that. We could tell all kinds of stories. Dave has his story. Uh, there's other people. We heard at the Michigan camp meeting a man that said that he, through Whitehorse Media Programming, learned about this message and got on shortwave radio and shared it with thousands of people, thousands before he died. And we know that the Lord is doing all of this. We have a DVD called Agents of Satan that talks about when people go on the internet and they type in certain things and they find websites that are very hostile uh, toward what we believe. This is a response to those websites. We have a stand that people can put inside of their offices, their lobbies, that are custom designed for our little, our little books. And I showed you this this morning, the, the message I shared this morning on Christ Our Righteousness. This is one of our newest books that just came out that has the information on the message of Christ Our Righteousness. We also have these three little books I shared this with you, uh, Surviving Toxic Terrorism, How to Conquer Killer Chemicals at War With Your Health. This book is a story. I met a lady in Spokane and she looked at me and she said, Steve, that, this book saved my life. Uh, and I'm, I'm just gonna give you the shortened version. When my son was three years old, he started having seizures. Very traumatic for me and my wife to look down and see a little three-year-old boy convulsing in the car and in the bed. And anyway, we took him, we went through all the testing, MRI, uh, EEG, and the only conclusion that we were given was that he has a form of epilepsy and there's really nothing you can do for him other than put him on medication. And we had professional opinions, a number of them, and we finally decided, well, we don't know what to do, so we'll put him on medication. He was on medication for about a year and then he started having more seizures. And we were told to increase the medication. And he continued to have seizures. And we were told to increase the medication again. And I finally reached the crossroads and I just, I prayed as hard as I've ever prayed. God, you've got to help in our situation. I don't know what to do. And uh, to make a long story short, in the providence of God, we found Dr. John Mundahl, 
who is a Loma Linda University School of Medicine graduate who's now practicing in Spokane, Washington. He has a clinic called the Liberty Clinic. His specialty is clinical toxicology. He did what nobody else even suggested. No other neurologist even suggested this, and he tested my son. He tested his hair, he tested his urine, he tested his blood, sent it to the lab in Chicago, doctor's data, got the lab results back, and to all of our amazement, my little boy was loaded with heavy metals, loaded with uh, lead, with cadmium, with arsenic, with a whole host of metals. And Dr. Bandal said these are all uh, potentially neurotoxins, and they can contribute to seizures. And so we began a, a, a different route, which was, uh, the word is detoxification. And with Dr. Mundahl's guidance, we began to try to get the metals out of my son's body. And to make a long story short, uh, in a short time, he was off medication entirely. And after four months of doing detoxification, which is in my book, we took him back to a hospital, Sacred Heart Hospital in Spokane, Washington, and gave him another EEG. And his EEG had changed. His brain patterns had changed. And the diagnosis was reversed by a doctor that he no longer had epilepsy and he's not on medication anymore. Now, I know that this is not, you know, the cure-all for everybody that has seizures. Seizures are complex, and there's a lot of different issues with seizures, but I can say that in our experience, heavy metals played a major role, and trying to get those metals out changed my son's life. And we are just very excited about this. I uh, wish he was here running around. You'd love to see him, but he was at the Michigan camp meeting, and he's not here. But anyway, the story's in his book, in this book. Uh, Fabulous Health Made Simple is another book that we have that deals with the eight laws of health, as Evelyn has been speaking about, point by point by point, the importance of water. We strongly believe, as those quotes that you put on the screen, that the third angel's message needs to be combined with the health message. And I've been convicted of that myself, and I've been convicted about the quotations that are also there that say that ministers, and really all of us, need to be involved in teaching health principles. And so we've been trying to do that in as, very, in as credible way as we can. We have a doctor on our board, Dr. Kevin Bryant, who uh, practices in, Wich in Wichita, Kansas, also from uh, Loma Linda School of Medicine. And then we have this book, Juice Your Way to Fabulous Health, which is one of our newest books, and it's a long story. But over a year ago, I discovered to my horror, uh, after having some bizarre symptoms and generally living a, a healthy life, uh, I discovered to my horror that my blood pressure was extremely high. One of the readings was uh, almost 200 over 116. Not good. Not good. And I did everything I could do to try to get my blood pressure down, and I couldn't do it. I did, I did everything I could do. Exercise, uh, swimming, diet, water. I tried, and for some reason it just wasn't working. I had a persistent problem. And I went to the Iowa, Missouri camp meeting, and actually I decided finally to go on, on medication. And the medication worked for a while, but it started wearing off, and I had to increase the medication, just like my son. And after a while, that wasn't working enough, so I went on two medications. And I was still supposed to increase the dose. Same with Seth, although he was having seizures, and here I am with high blood pressure, and I'm on this track where I'm not be able to control it and I have to increase the dose. 
And I finally got to the tipping point. And I said, Lord, I'm in trouble. You've got to solve this problem. You've got to solve this. This is very, you know, if you, if you have chronic high blood pressure, you know the heart risk and the kidneys and stroke and the list goes on and on. And so I finally went to the Iowa, Missouri camp meeting and I prayed, God, you've got to find someone that can help me with this problem. And I met a lady named Linda Clark and we have her flyer on our, on our table at our booth. Linda Clark, bless her heart. Uh, she's on the executive committee of the Iowa, Missouri conference and she's uh, very into natural methods of healing. And when I, expl- I met her and I told her about my situation and she said to me over a year ago, she said, Steve, we can beat this. We can beat this. I'll, we, you need to do a juice fast. Fast. And we'll bring that blood pressure down. So I'd never thought about that option. And I decided, all right, I'll do it. So under her careful guidance, I fasted for three weeks. Lost a little bit of weight, which I'm trying to rebuild. Uh, but on June 23rd of last year, at the first end of the first week of my three-week fast of just drinking fresh juices, carrot juices, beet juices, celery, and just flooding my body with nutrition, my blood pressure was dropping fast. So I got off the medication entirely. Uh, and, and right after I did, and I think it was a withdrawal from the medication, my blood pressure shot back up, and I went out in the forest and I prayed, God, three things. Number one, help me not to die. Number two, get me off this medication. Number three, heal me. Heal me. Well, I didn't die, obviously. Uh, I did not go back to the medication. It's now been, as of June 23rd of last year, it's now, we're now on the other side of a year, I've been medication-free. And the last time I had my blood pressure checked at a doctor's office, it was 110 over 63. And I know that it worked for me. And of course, it needs to be combined with a healthy life and continual exercise and drinking water and doing the things that I can do. But anyway, my story is in that book. And other people have their stories of how how, uh, there is an appropriate place, I believe, for for, uh, juicing to put extra nutrition in your body, especially when you are in critical health conditions. So here's Linda's site, highwaytohealth.us. We have her flyer there. She has all kinds of information on that site. It's a beautiful site, and it's just been launched. And then we have another book on the 2520, which is a whole other story. How many of you, again, have heard about the 2520 controversy? It's a controversy that's coming into our churches. In Newport, Washington, uh, over a year ago, this controversy hit our church, and nine of our precious friends no longer go to our church. Nine of them as a result of believing in this teaching and feeling compelled that they needed to help us to believe it as well. And so that's why we have this book. If you're familiar with the subject, this book just came out, published by Remnant Publication. Uh, We have it at Whitehorse Media. I've got about, I think I've got about eight copies here with me, so I didn't bring a lot. It's just brand new, but we will have a lot of them at our office for those that would like to read this, just a little pocketbook that helps to explain the issues of this controversy that are dividing churches. It's dividing churches. It's a very serious issue. Uh, Royce, is it Snyman? Evelyn, is it Royce Snyman in Michigan? Isn't that the ministerial director, Royce Snyman? What's his name? Yeah, Royce Snyman. And I've talked to him about that. And I've also talked to uh, Steve Vale, who's a good friend of mine from the Amazing Facts Days. He's going to put this book in the packet of all the pastors in the Michigan conference. 
which they need to understand. Uh, here's our His Voice Today programs. I mentioned this, these DVDs just came out. Set one, set two, 13 half-hour programs that go through the major issues of Bible prophecy, Israel, Armageddon, Babylon, three angels' messages, Mark of the Beast, all kinds of issues. They're in this, in this DVD set. Satan's, overcoming Satan's War Against the Family. Brand new DVD just came out. We filmed this in Boise uh, just a, about a month ago, and this is now available also from Whitehorse Media. And then we have our T-shirts, which we're going to continue to adapt. Somebody suggested that we make the fourth commandment a little brighter, which we just might do in the next run. But we have these beautiful T-shirts, God's Law of Love, with 10commandmentsfromgod.com on the back, which is our website. And we're going to make this bigger as well in the next print run of these shirts. But our goal is to help people understand the Ten Commandments. We want to teach the Ten Commandments, and then we want to teach, above all, Jesus Christ and his grace and his love. Um, we do have different colors, yes. They're not all orange and, and, uh, and blue. Uh, I was talking to somebody about this today. Kind of a simple way to summarize my talk this morning is that the Ten Commandments are the mirror and Jesus is the soap. It's a very simple way to say it. That God wants us to lift up the Ten Commandments and see the importance of his law, search our hearts, realize where we have fallen short, and then look to Jesus to wash us and clean us up. And that's really what God's program is for these last days. I first read about the Ten Commandments from George Vandeman's book. And the Ten Commandments have been with me ever since. I just feel convicted that we need to see the importance of God's law in a very, very simple, practical, uh, and heart-searching way. And then we need to show that Jesus can cleanse us, that he loves us, he can wash us. So we don't need to be afraid of the Ten Commandments. Uh, we don't need to be afraid that by looking at the Big Ten that we're going to be lost when we do that. We look at the Big Ten, we see our, our sins, and then we realize that Jesus is right there. He's right there to forgive us, to cleanse us, to wash us, and to remove those sins so that he can finally have a people who are keeping the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. That is what White Horse Media really is all about. There's our site, tencommandmentsfromgod.com. We have shirts, we have little tracks that you can give away that have the plan of salvation on the back, the full Ten Commandments on the front, the plan of salvation on the back, plus we have our car window decals. I think we don't have any of these here, but we've got them at our office. Uh, we sent the rest of them to Oklahoma to the next camp meeting we're going to in July, uh, the last camp meeting of the season, and I've got one of those right in the back of my car. And I like driving my car around and having people knowing that they're looking at the back and they see tencommandmentsfromgod.com. I like wearing a shirt around the airport where people look and they see the Big Ten. I like uh, feeling and sensing that I am in God's special will and that I'm doing my part to lift up the Ten Commandments and lift up Jesus Christ in the middle of a lost, crazy world. That's what White Horse Media is all about. Again, here's our website. If you want to join the White Horse community, just go on the site and type in your email address here, and you will be in the system, and you'll get my, my regular updates. Here's our Facebook page, facebook.com forward slash Steve Wahlberg. I post all kinds of things on there, some just personal stuff, 
and some Bible prophecy related, all kinds of things that I post on that site, plus Bible verses, many Bible verses. There's our Twitter page, at Whitehorse7 is my Twitter address. I send out tweets, which are normally Bible verses. Uh, here's Gilbert at one of our seminars. This is what our table will look like tonight when the sun is down. Right back there, we have a whole host of our products back there that will be available, and we travel around the country and hold seminars normally once a month and share the good news of Jesus Christ and Bible truth. Objects in the mirror are closer than you think. Get it? Jesus is coming closer than we think. Uh, I want to share one just quick, a shirt like that? <laughs> we'll think about it. If, if we can get someone to make a donation, we'll definitely do it. <laughs> but just about everything we do is because of donations. We have some of our supporters are here. They've told us that they're here. Uh, you know, we can only go as far. We make a very small amount from the, from the products that we sell. Most of what we do is because of people who support our ministry, who believe in us and want to help advance the cause. And so that's uh, all these T-shirts were given from a donation. So if somebody would like to see this shirt... <laughs> Then if you'd like to support that, then uh, we'll be happy to have it made up. We are committed to the three angels' messages for sure. We're in the Upper Columbia Conference in good and regular standing. Uh, I speak at many camp meetings. We want to lift up Jesus as the heart of the third angels' message and all three of the angels' messages, and we want to go forward on our knees. Uh, and I'll, this is my last slide up there. And I'll tell you just one quick thing that God has really impressed me with. And then we're going to take up our offering. The ushers are just about ready. We'll take up an offering if you'd like to help us. Uh, and I want to share just one, one little thing that God has really impressed me with recently. You know, Lucifer in heaven, he became a devil because of pride. That's what ruined him. And at some point when he was on his track of exalting himself, God talked to him and impressed him and told him the direction that he was going and where, where this would lead. And it says in the book Patriarchs and Prophets that Lucifer understood his error. He saw that he was going in the wrong direction. But what held him back was that he refused to humble himself and to give up his pride. And I believe strongly that part of our preparation for the coming of Jesus is to humble ourselves and to give up all of our pride. And if we can do that, you know, when we get on our knees and say, God, I can't do anything, I'm totally helpless, I'm trusting in you, then we are entering an experience that I don't think the devil even understands. I don't think he can relate to humility. I don't think he understands it. And the way to overcome the devil is to humble yourself, to get on your knees, confess your sins, and acknowledge that you're absolutely helpless and that you're trusting in the Lord. I can't fight Satan. He's too strong. He's too smart. You listen to Scott Rizma in his talks, and you look about the mastermind going on behind the scenes and with the gaming industry and all these things, and I was impressed when I heard that. I thought to myself, he's too smart. No, we can't fight him. But what we can do is humble ourselves and get on our knees and say, God, you can fight him. You can fight him. Forgive my sins, protect me, and bring me through 
to heaven. And if we'll do that, we're, we're entering an experience that the devil cannot comprehend, and we are being prepared by Jesus for the second coming. Isn't that a wonderful thought? Wow. God says in Isaiah 41, verse 10, he says, Fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. Yes, I will help you. I will uphold you with the right hand of my righteousness. Jesus is here to help us and to sustain us, and he wants to use us to help spread his his word to help people to get ready for heaven. And that's what uh, our ministry is all about, and I hope that we'll all share the vision and do what we can. Okay, will the ushers come forward? We're going to take up an offering. If you'd like to make a contribution, we thank God for you. If not, if you have other ministries you're supporting, you know, we understand we're not the only fish in the water, (laughs) but the Lord definitely uh, is using us as well. If you'd like to make out a check to our ministry, you can just make it out to White Horse Media. We have flyers there on the table at the end, so you can always grab one of those and make a donation in the future. Somebody once said they hate asking for money, and I do too. I don't like doing that, but I have to just let people know (laughs) that we're here by faith, so people want to contribute, they can contribute. Uh, While they're collecting the offering, I'm just wondering, does anybody have any quick questions you want to ask me before we have the panel? Yes. Yeah, good question. Did we ever find out where my son got the heavy metals? If you read the little book, the answer is there. The answer, and I'll tell you the answer. I'll tell you the answer. The answer is the water, the soil, the food, the air. Once you really understand, go on to the Environmental Working Group's website, and you will be shocked at the amount of toxicity that is in our homes, in the environment, in the food, in the water, in the air. We are saturated with chemicals all the time. And the key is to build up the body's uh, immunity, to strengthen the liver, strengthen the kidneys, strengthen the organs of elimination so we can handle the load and just get it out. And if we need extra help, there are certain protocols that will help your body to uh, detoxify itself. Cilantro is a very powerful uh, detoxification plant and so is just drinking water (laughs) yes Uh, it's called dmsa yes dr mandal gave seth a uh, sulfur formula dmsa that sucks metals out of the system and we also used a spray called pca that came from maxim labs and i have i have lab reports from from mds who have found that PCA is very effective in increasing the heavy metal output into the urine. And so they can see it, that it, it works. It works. And I believe in, uh, in good science. I believe in the spirit of prophecy. I believe in the Bible. And I believe that there is a time to detoxify our systems because we're saturated with chemicals. That's right. Yes? After your three-week uh, juice fast. Juice fast, yeah. Yes. No, I haven't done a juice fast. It's because basically it's because I, I, uh, my, my metabolism is very high. My wife wishes she had my metabolism, my metabolism. And so um, if I don't eat, 
you know, I can lose weight quick. And I'm a runner. I like to run. So I have not done a juice fast since June of last year. But I juice regularly. In the morning, I get up and I'll juice a, a glass of kale and some carrots and beets to start my day. And then I wait a half an hour and then I have breakfast. And then I go through my day and I have lunch and I have normally a light supper. Uh, so I'm a, I'm a regular juicer to supplement a healthy lifestyle. But when I did my fast, it really helped. And one of the things that really helped was the beets. We have studies in my little book, clinical studies that beet juice, beet juice can really lower blood pressure, really can. And it did for me. Uh, Deuteronomy 32.14 says, drink the pure blood of the grape. And Ellen White says that grape juice is a very wholesome drink. She says that in Councils on Diet and Foods. So I believe that it's a, there's a real place for it because we need nutrition. Any other quick questions before we pray? Yes. Yes, they are, I think just about all of them are on Whitehorse, and they're definitely on hisvoicetoday.com. We have all kinds of sites that Jeff Kyle has created for us, and he also saw our programs on TV, just like Dave did. He saw our programs on TV, and now he works for Whitehorse Media. Lord has really, uh, really done a marvelous thing. Okay, well, let's, uh, let's bow our heads, and let's have prayer. Dear God, Heavenly Father, I praise you that I've had the chance to share today the word of my testimony of how you have been faithful to our ministry, to us, to me personally, to our families. You've been faithful. You've kept us going. You've provided for us. We're in the work. We're trying to do your will, and you are working through us. And we just praise you for that. And I hope that what I've shared will inspire everyone here that we can trust in you, that you have a powerful right hand, that you will hear our prayers and answer our prayers, that you're a living God, that you're not dead, the Bible's not dead, you are a living God, and you are at work preparing people for the coming of Jesus Christ. Please bless us all, we pray, and bring us closer and closer to our Savior. In Jesus' name. This media was brought to you by Audioverse, a website dedicated to spreading God's word through free sermon audio and much more. If you would like to know more about Audioverse, or if you would like to listen to more sermons, please visit www.audioverse.org.